0: Today's reading is from John chapter 6, verses 28 through 35. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works of God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us the bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. Good morning, Church. Pastor Sharon here. I have a question for you as we start today. What do you imagine when you hear the name Jesus? What images come to mind? What is Jesus like, and how do we know what he's like? You know, you could think of all the times through the ages where people have done artistic work about Jesus, from the simplest painting of a child to artists that do massive works of creative genius to show who Jesus is. If you go on the internet and search, you can find all kinds of images of Jesus Christ. I even found a YouTube video that's called How to Draw Jesus Step by Step. Now, I know their intent was to make some uh clear picture of jesus for children or something but it brought to mind that we all have images of what jesus is like and here's a picture here's a montage of a whole bunch of variety of pictures of jesus that people have imagined him as and even though he was a palestinian jew many people have depicted him as looking like someone from their own culture Rightly or wrongly, we picture Jesus in ways that we can relate to. And it's probably a good thing that we don't have any pictorial history of Jesus as a man. It might detract us from the reality of who he is and who he was. And I would say that the images that come to our mind aren't necessarily wrong or idolatrous, but they're incomplete. It's what Jesus says about himself what jesus has done that tell us really who he is we're in this series called i am during the season of lent and we're going to be hearing from jesus alongside some artistic reflections of from various cultures what other people have imagined jesus to look like and lent is a very fitting time for us to reflect on this because it's most important In Lent, we let go of the superfluous, and we give ourselves to practices and to thoughts, to things that point us to where life truly is, the hope we have in Jesus Christ. During this series, I Am, I invite you to engage some other resources that we're providing for you. Um, We've bought a whole bunch of sketchbooks, and we'd like you to come by the church and pick one up and use it during this Lent season. It's a book that you can draw, color, doodle, whatever you want in it as you listen to a sermon, as you reflect in your own personal time, or use it in your group. So pick up a sketchbook. Use that right side, that creative side of your brain to engage what the Spirit might be speaking to you. We also have resources available on our website connected to our sermon page called Breathe. They're prayer resources that are going to help you Engage the I am words of Jesus and pray along with that as you find Jesus during this Lent time. So Jesus makes statements about himself. And as we go through this, it's more than an exercise in knowledge so that we can name the seven statements, I am statements from John. No, it really matters. It matters because for those of us who are Christians, we have We stake our lives on who Jesus Christ is, on his person, and on his work. And so we pay attention to it. It's important for us to know for our own sakes, to settle this truth of who he is. What is he like? And it's also important for those who might be skeptical, who might be indifferent even, or confused about who Jesus is. You may be one who is wondering what Jesus is really like and if he's worth paying attention to and that's okay you're welcome in this space we encourage you we encourage ourselves to again look at the person of Jesus and what he has said about himself and then we make a choice will we believe it or not so we're in the gospel of John during this lent season with those seven i am statements and each of one each one of them will follow a, a similar pattern where Jesus says something about himself using a metaphor, an everyday image. And I bet you can guess what today's is. And he also then explains, he describes it in a fuller way so we can understand who he is. And many times these statements are tied to a miracle, Uh, an imagery. The miracle and the sign itself provides imagery that teach us about Jesus' identity and his purpose. And when we use the term, I am, we might miss some of the significance of it. For first century Jews, there would have been no mistake. When Jesus referred to himself saying, I am, he was pointing to his deity. He was connecting himself with the God of the universe way back when Moses had been called out of the burning bush and was wondering who this God was who called him. This is what God said about his name. Exodus 3.14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am who I am. Jesus is saying, I am God. I identify and show God to you. But in each statement, he also connects himself to humanity, or his relationship to us as people. You know, every culture has had a take on the term bread. So when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, all kinds of images come to mind, and some of them are right here. Baguettes. Pita, naan, chala, matza, tortillas, biscuits, all kinds of things come to mind depending on our culture. You know, there's nothing like the smell of freshly baked bread. Sometimes I think in our current culture, we think of bread only as comfort food, but really it is much more than that. It is a basic staple of life sustenance to people throughout the ages, food that sustains us, that keeps our bodies alive. This is bread, the bread of life. And so when Jesus connects himself with that purpose, he is saying the ordinary, a piece of bread, a tortilla becomes extraordinary. I am the bread of life, he says. I'm the non that brings life. I'm the baguette that satisfies. I'm the tortilla that will ward off your hunger forever. We see this story in John chapter 6 and if you have your bibles either in print or digital form, I invite you to open to it. We're just taking a small portion of this chapter. It's really a long chapter which weaves through this whole theme of the bread of life. But we're going to take a look at the few a few verses out of it. John chapter 6. What we see before the text that was read for you today is that there were several things that happened. The feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. Jesus walking on the water towards his disciples and healing people, the miracles of healing. And so this crowd that had been part of this is now literally waiting for another encounter with Jesus. They've been wowed by his miracles. His feeding of hungry people has reminded them they, of their faith hero, Moses, who also provided manna, bread in the wilderness that fed them. And so they go looking for Jesus and they have questions for him. And the first one in verse 28, excuse me, is what must we do to do the works of God? What does God require of us? It was prompted by Jesus actually calling them out. He said, you're only looking for me because I filled your stomachs. You want more bread that's going to make you satisfied physically. And he says this, don't work for bread that is temporary, that spoils, Jesus said. Work for food that lasts forever. That's what I want to give you. This is what the word of God calls you to. And so they say, well, then what is the work that God's called me to. These people who were kind of fixated on this miraculous sign of bread being multiplied, as if Jesus hadn't already given them a sign of who he was. And when they point to the the picture of manna in the wilderness, manna that came to meet the people's daily needs, they're, in a sense, asking Jesus... What are you going to do now, Jesus? How are you going to prove who you are? And why should I believe in you? And so Jesus zeroes in very clearly on this idea of food that is for eternity. Everlasting bread. What does he say about himself? Verse 32 starts this way. I tell you the truth. Or very truly, I tell you. We might skip over that phrase, um, but it's an important one. It shows up more than 70 times in the Gospels. And each time Jesus begins a statement with this, he is not just saying a thing to increase your knowledge. He is wanting to let you know this is a trustworthy statement. You can stake your life on this. Do you really believe that Jesus is telling you the truth when he says that? And this is what he says in this passage. He says, I'm the true bread that comes from heaven. Well, you know, this kind of irritates the crowd. And later in this passage, you hear them say, comes from heaven. Uh, We know his parents, Mary and Joseph. He grew up here. How can he say he came from heaven? But Jesus says, it's the Father who sent me, who gave you this bread. In fact, it's the Father who also gave the bread in the wilderness. Even though Moses was credited with it, God gave the bread. And Jesus didn't just come from heaven to give us bread. He came to be bread. Now, Jesus is concerned about the sustenance of our bodies. It's important. He fed the crowds. But the feeding that he's really pointing to, this eternal feeding, is not just temporary calorie intake. Jesus didn't just come to fill our stomachs, but to fill our lives with the very presence of God. He is the true bread that comes from heaven. And it also says in this passage that he is the bread that gives life to the world. Jesus' life is being bread. It's not just for a few. It's not just for the descendants of Abraham and those who followed and knew Moses' words. No, this is bread for the world. You know, the manna from Moses, credited to Moses, was nourishment for Israel. And Jesus has bread of life, He gives life to the whole world. Jesus is universal bread. And whatever cultural expression you have and love in bread, it's a reminder, it points to this truth, that Jesus is the source of life for all people, everywhere in the world, throughout time. He is the bread that gives life to the world. And thirdly, he is also the bread that satisfies. You know, that crowd of over 5,000 had eaten and been filled. But the next morning, they probably woke up hungry again. Even when you and I have had a delicious meal with that good bread, isn't that great in a restaurant when they bring you that fresh, warm bread? Sometimes you can fill up on that before the meal comes. But we know, even with a good, nutritious meal, we're going to be hungry again. Now, Jesus knows that we have needs for daily bread. He, he told us to pray for it. Give us this day our daily bread. It's normal. It's necessary to need food for our stomachs. But Jesus is pointing to an even deeper need. Life eternal. The deepest parts of who you and I are that long for something more. This is what Jesus says, I've come to give. He is the bread that forever satisfies it's his life given for us that is food for us, that completes us. He says it this way in verse 35 Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus points to himself. This is what I'm like, he says. This is who I am. I am life giving bread. And I invite you, as he says, Jesus says to you, simply to come and to believe, to keep coming and keep believing and keep feeding on the good bread of life that Jesus offers. So what are you doing? And where are you going these days to get filled up? Have you settled for things that will never really satisfy. You know, during this Lenten season, as we look afresh at Jesus, we also look at our own lives. And we recognize that we go after things. We have hungers, and we go after things that will never truly satisfy. We can't just dabble a little bit in Jesus and say, I want a little bit of him over here, but I'm going to pursue other things to satisfy my deepest hunger. No, either we accept his statement and come to him in belief that he is the bread of life or we don't one evangelist and author put it this way we are just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread a beggar is somebody in need who recognizes not on their own they cannot find true satisfaction And so we point ourselves and we point other beggars to the bread of life. Perhaps there are things in your day-to-day rhythms that seem to promise life, that seem to bring satisfaction, but they never really do. And maybe in this time of Lent, it's a good time to examine that, to let go of things that stand in the way from you coming to the bread of life. I think of it often as junk food things that fill us up and we go after and we think we want them and they're going to satisfy, and yet they don't. We find ourselves empty, less than full of life, as Jesus had promised. So today I invite you to be nourished by the breath and the bread of life, Jesus Christ himself. He invites you to come, come in faith, believe That he is who he said he was. And then he offers life. Life eternal. Life abundant. Life for you and I. That is not just into the future. It begins now. His promise we can hold fast to. That you and I will never be hungry again. You know the communion table. For those who put their faith in Jesus. Is that place where we come And we admit our hunger again. We come to be filled up with Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus' life given so that you and I could have life. Jesus sacrificed himself, gave himself, so that you and I could know love and life. And as we prepare to receive communion today, as we're going to do each Sunday through Lent, I invite you to pray with me. Holy God, we thank you. We thank you for not leaving us as beggars who can't find bread. We confess we are often slow to believe that you alone satisfy our deepest hungers and longings. In this sacred meal, as we come to communion, we come just as we are, admitting our need for you and ready to receive again the life-giving bread of your presence your love. Meet us here, Jesus. Fill us up so we might live in your love and share that good news with hungry people around us. We pray this in the name of Jesus, the living bread. Amen.